0: Jumping into this week's episode of the Purple and Bold podcast, we're recording late this week. I've had a cold. Been battling that. Didn't think anybody wanted to listen to it, so we put it off until Friday to record. But I'm here with Noah Fleischman to discuss a week's worth of JMU sports news, mainly mainly on the basketball court here recently. Uh, both teams crossed, crossed the halfway point of conference play uh, with the JMU women tied for first and the JMU men. Um, still in the mix, despite some up and down stuff. If they can pull out a victory Saturday against ULM, they're you know really kind of right into the in the mix. Uh, but with you know teams like Louisiana and Southern Miss in the driver's seat, there. No, and I were at the Atlantic Union Bank Center Thursday, with the JMU men were able to hang on and beat uh, Coastal Carolina after after getting off to a good start. Uh, 17 0 run early in the game they ended up leading by 18 at one point um then it was tied at multiple points in the second half no you you saw it all you saw the comeback from coastal carolina what was your overall impression just of you know seeing seeing the jamie men come back to harrisonburg after i mean splitting a road trip i think it's probably about what you'd expect going to troy and southern miss but like as we talked about before they needed to start taking care of business at home, which they hadn't always done, and they <clears throat> managed to do that, at least in the first game of this uh, home swing.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, you know, they jumped out, you know, Coastal hit the first basket, and after that, 17 unanswered from, from JMU, jumped out to a big lead, and as you said, you know, Coastal kind of came back, and, you know, they had a little run to end the first half, um, cut into the lead, and then the second half came out and had a 12 nothing run, and, and really tied the game at 51, and, you know, JMU put up 40-something in the first half, and at some point in the second half, you know, they had 16 points that scored in that period. So, you know, they, they kind of slowed down shooting the ball. You know, they shot a lot of threes that didn't go down. I think there was, I looked at you, at one point, they had four straight possessions taking a three and missing, and you just kind of got to take a mental note of, you know, if you've missed the last three, I don't think a fourth one's going to be a good idea. And they tried it anyway. But, yeah, I mean, they pulled it out. And you definitely need to win at home in this league because um, winning on the road is tough. They talked about it after, you know, Southern Miss. Student section was wild. I mean, the, the whole thing, they, they ended up losing there, just being shorthanded. But they were shorthanded again last night and some, and were able to hold on for the win, um, even though I think Coastal could have taken advantage of the size difference inside.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, it, It's it's seems like beating a dead horse over and over again to kind of talk about where they are in the schedule at this point. But, I mean, if you look at it, They've had road games at Marshall. They've had road games at Southern Miss. Two places where teams don't win very often. Nobody's won at Southern Miss this year. They've played um, at Troy. Now South Alabama. South Alabama South Alabama's struggling, but I still say they've got as much talent as almost anybody in the conference. So to essentially split those games, I think, is perfectly reasonable expectation for for JMU, which is what they did. And it's just you keep going. Ba- I keep going back to it anyway. Um, of being losing home games to um App State and Texas State have put them in a hole that they're trying to dig out of and they can't really afford to lose at home anymore, even with uh some good teams coming in. First off this Saturday, uh Louisiana Monroe, that's really surprising everybody right now.
1: Yeah, I mean you got a ULM coming in who just took Marshall two t and won. Did yeah. they win last night? Yeah, they won. And double
0: overtime. Yeah, I they, saw it went into
1: double overtime. I forgot to check the score. But yeah, so I mean, we talked about it. nobody goes to the Marshall and beats them. I mean, JMU went in there and did it earlier in the year. Now you've got a team like ULM, who <coughs> at, at one point this year people looked looking at them like the bottom of the barrel kind of team. But, you know, they go in there and win in double overtime. Obviously, they retired coming in the Harrisonburg tomorrow, but. Overall, I think that says a lot about the team, and I don't think they're a pushover on, um, you know, maybe some some point you may have thought, oh, that's a win. But I think, you know, with them showing what they did against Marshall and and winning on the road, I think, you know, they're more than capable of coming into Harrisonburg and getting a stealing win, too.
0: Yeah, I have kept thinking that ULM would come kind of crashing back down to earth. um, But, yeah, they get a win at Marshall where, like I said, JMU and ULM now are the only two teams all season, uh, even in non-conference play, to win in Huntington. Um, ULM, right now, 6-3 and three in conference play, a game ahead of JMU. Um, so just that right there makes this a huge one for the Dukes um, going into it. But, yeah, I've been extremely surprised by what the Warhawks have done in conference play when not that long ago, coming into the conference play, they were, you know, pick your favorite metric, like whether you like Kim Palmer or you like, you know, Bart Torvik or – net, or whatever, it didn't matter. They, they were, were the they were among <laughs> the worst teams in the country in any of those not that long ago, just a few weeks ago before conference play started. Now they're, you know, right there, they're a game out of first place against a couple teams we've talked about already that are really good, having really good seasons. Um, it's, it stands out when you kind of look through the standings. The top eight or nine teams in the Sun Belt all have – winning records overall with the exception of ulm and they've gotten half their victories this season in conference life more than half it it's a uh, it's been a wild turnaround for them and i don't know i don't know if i've seen enough of them to even pinpoint what's been different it's just yeah some somehow we can ask them on saturday when they're here like did a the switch flip for you or something did you i don't know that they got like any significant players back. Maybe they were banged up a little bit. I don't know. But um, something turned on for them once conference play began.
1: I mean, it's college basketball, first of all. I say, you know, anytime anytime I watch college basketball, anything can happen. But, you know, I think ULM is, is, you know, I wouldn't say they're peaking, but, I mean, they're playing really well, really good basketball at the right time. Um, Obviously, you want to play to keep this consistent level of play, but, I mean, if they... Keep playing like the way they are. The rest of the you know Feb- they get through February like that. I think you know that they'll be they could be a sneaky team. I mean, it's it's kind of early to tell you know going into the conference tournament. But I mean, a team that's six and three in some ball play where you see a lot of the teams are all like you know right next to each other. What at four and five, five and four, six and three, like they're all right there. So I think you know nobody's really started to run away with it yet, and I think somebody will eventually. But I mean, a team like ULM, I don't know if they can run away with it, but they definitely keep themselves in the mix of trying to get a top four seed and double buy
0: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at right now nine teams in the Sun Belt between five and four, and seven and two. Um, JMU, they are those five and four among those five and four teams. They're a game back of Marshall and ULM. They've already beaten Marshall on the road. Getting one against ULM would be huge. As you know, I'm starting to become of the opinion that like Southern Miss, maybe Louisiana, those teams are probably going to pull away you know i might completely change my mind after this week if uh you know they lose a couple or something but i I think those teams are probably gonna battle for first place in the top seed in the tournament and you're right now if you're jmu you know getting in a top four is absolutely huge and it's definitely possible but winning this weekend against the warhawks is going to be a big key to that i think
1: I think it will be. I mean, right now, you look at it, I think that ULM's coming in off a win, they're going to feel themselves. But I think JMU, if they can string together two home wins in a row before going on the road next week, and, you know, I think they play, what, uh, ODU and App, I believe, next week, and um, both of them on the road. So I think, you know, if you can string two home wins together before you go on the road and, you know, play an in-state opponent and then, you know, play App again, try to revenge that, you know, they could come back from that and be on a four-game winning streak. I mean, it's really possible. I mean, ODU hasn't, hasn't, you know, been all of that, and, I mean, App, as we saw, you know, they had a twenty point lead on Jamie. Jamie was able to cut it close to the end, but you know, I think Jamie's definitely going to not let a twenty point deficit uh, pile up uh, against the team for the second straight time in the row.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think those are both both uh, quite winnable road games, and the schedule lines up pretty nicely for them. You know, as we kind of discussed early on when the schedule came out, you were like, oh, they don't get to play Arkansas state. They're probably going to be one of the mm-hmm. poor teams. When that turned out to be true. It was like, Oh, but they get, you know, you at home. And that's kind of, you know, your mid season, you know, your break in the schedule of mid season, which is not, not the case, but you know, I think those are two very winnable road games, but also, um, a couple that could go either way. And then you're looking at, um, going down to Georgia Southern a team that played them tough in Harrisonburg, um, at Coastal again, another team that you know played them tough in Harrisonburg. Even though for for times it looked like Jamie was capable and going to run them off the floor, it ended up not shooting well in the second half. Yeah, um, and then it sets you up nicely to finish the regular season with four straight home games, albeit against you know at least a couple of good teams mixed in there. This is really, really a key stretch, and it starts it starts you know with this game on Saturday.
1: It is. I mean, you come out of this game on Saturday to win, feeling good. You win those two, you're really feeling good. And I bet by that point, I mean, this conference everyone's so close that, you know, if you can string together a few wins, you can shoot up the standings. I mean, we've seen it happen. Um, and I think that, you know, ULM's a good example of that, but I also think that, you know, you can you can make it happen midseason. and then at some point soon you're gonna have to start playing good basketball if you wanna get ready for the tournament. I mean, it's still a month away, but you kinda you can't you can't be easing into it when it gets there. You gotta be kind of, you know, hit in stride by that. Yeah.
0: Or can you? I, I've been thinking here recently. Uh, <laughs> this team is starting to remind me so much of Richmond from last year. Oh, I don't know if this oh, crossed anybody else's mind. Yeah. But a team that had, you know, a lot of guys come back for that last year yep, with a lot winning. of expectations, preseason expectations, preseason thinking, like, yeah, they're the, they were the top they're the most talented team, team in, you know, a solid mid-major league. And they, you know, played some – Ranked high, major teams tough early in the season, and then were just up and down all year. VCU swept them in the
1: uh, yeah. regular season. It,
0: they were up and down all year, and then got hot. They started playing to their capabilities right at the right time, and you know, won four straight games in March or five straight five. games. A, yeah, yeah, because they had to play four games in their four in four their conference games. Yep, tournament they get won five straight games in March, including an NCAA tournament game. I don't know if it's fair to uh and that
1: was actually tournament win over Iowa I believe like it, a good Iowa team
0: yeah yeah I mean they they finished so strong that they turned what was a completely disappointing season into their best season. yeah a, like into an extremely memorable a uh, season they're going to celebrate for a long time at Richmond I don't know if Jamie is capable of the same thing but I, I don't know if it's quite the same that, that team Richmond brought back last year was really talented preseason top 25 um Really high expectations, but I think on a smaller scale, JMU yeah. season so far has been similar, and if they can, you know, peak at the right time similarly, may, maybe they can do something, but I think you also, at the same time, want to get it going right now and not <laughs> wait not wait until the very last
1: minute. I don't think you want to win, you know, four games in four days and try to get in.
0: Yeah, but I, I do kind of see some similarities between that Richmond team and the ATN they were in and this JMU team and... It's a sun Belt right now. Um you know, the other thing coming off of Thursday was that was a, a fantastic crowd. The best crowd of the year for, yep. for the JMU. Um I think fifty six hundred uh student sections were packed.
1: Student uh, sections about like twenty five hundred stuff so almost
0: yeah. half. Packed, yeah. Packed to the to the extent that there were some students that uh made their way up to the upper decks because they couldn't get into the lower bowl. Um and, th- and they made noise. They they were there was a couple times that Jimmy was just about like a play away from really blowing the roof off the place and they, they didn't convert. Um, But I think that made a difference and I'm curious to see, you know, they had a good promotion going the blackout, the uh, Greek night with, uh, you know,
1: pop belly catering. Yeah. I mean, did they do that? They
0: do those Greek nights. Well, they've done that for, um, I remember a soccer game a couple of years ago when wake forest was in town, they did it. And that, and Santara park was completely packed. I think they gave away like a, a TV for the house or something uh, on that night. And, you know, the uh, the leadership of all the frats and sororities, they make sure their people get out there to win that. Um, and it's paid off for JMU with good crowds in a couple different sports. I wonder if we'll start to see more of that. Um, but my bigger question now is if we'll see a similar-sized crowd on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, not that much, you know. Good good time for, you know, college kids to go out and uh, spend a couple hours in the arena it was snowing today. I don't think it's going to be snowing on Saturday. But uh, um, I'm curious to see if we'll get a similar-sized crowd out there on Saturday that will make a similar impact on the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mike Myington already is uh, positioning students to come out. He, he you know, tweeted after the game. He loved the crowd. He wants them to come back. So we'll see. I think you know it will be a good-sized crowd. Hopefully there's no uh, shirtless man running across the court doing a belly flop. But, you know, that was an exciting time at halftime. But other than that, you know, I think, you know, students actually really – showed out i mean it was a really good crowd lively crowd especially when you when you get a bunch of students in there you know that it's gonna be a lively crowd and not really a boring crowd and so we saw them. i think if justin amati had hit that that dunk in the first half i think I think that that place would have lost his mind
0: yeah yeah um and there was another kind of a not a dunk but a layup that would have like kind of given them a nice cushion in the second half it's really close to just totally exploding and instead it was you know kind of size of uh, like, uh... yeah um you mentioned our, our guy who, uh, not quite a streaker. He had shorts on, but uh, you know, ran out there shirtless. I don't know if he bel- had shoes on. Belly flopping. Yeah, he was. He, he didn't go the whole way. I mean, it was like a streaker from the seventies or something. But he didn't go. He didn't go the whole way with it. But he uh, took the security and the usher's for a little ride and tour of the arena, and we have no idea what happened to him afterwards. If,
1: if nobody saw it, he started in the student section, ran down the stairs onto the center court, belly flopped. No security. I thought security was gonna get him there. I was like, "You belly flop. You give yourself up for a few seconds." Yeah. But nobody gets him. He then got up, ran back through the crowd into like the Duke Club, like club section. Mm-hmm. Then came back out of the club section, jumped over a wall, and then took off running. And as people chased after him, we don't know if he was caught.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, yes. <laughs> he yeah. He went back up the steps. He he took a tour of the Campanelli Club. I don't know if he got a snack or anything like that i did that got some good food in there yeah jump 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 the wall into the suite that i think belongs to atlantic union bank um <laughs> you know said some said hello to some people there then escaped into the concourse we don't know what happened to him afterwards if you know if he got caught if he uh did he yeah the escape Will, do we have to fear that we'll see this guy again um if you have any idea, go ahead hit us up on Twitter. Okay, we, we now, wanna,
1: now we have know. to rate this because yeah. this is the second game, second night in a row where a college basketball game had a unwanted visitor on the court. So, which one was better, belly flop shirtless man or Duquesne's fake Uber Eats driver that was just a YouTube prank? Yes, it was. Which yeah. one's better?
0: Coincidence that both happened for teams named the Dukes in their it home did. arena. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say J.Muse was better because it seemed more, seemed more natural now that we find out about, if you didn't see what happened at Duquesne where a supposed uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats something delivery guy walked out on the court like looking for,
1: with his McDonald's,
0: yeah, with McDonald's, with a bag of McDonald's looking for somebody um, to deliver it to while the game was going on, Um we should point out the Jamie one happened at halftime, nobody was on the court, nobody was really in any kind of Danger. So it's more funny on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um yeah, so at duquesne the guy goes out there uh he did a pretty good job of selling it of just being clueless. <laughs> but it did come out later like oh he's got like a you know wireless mic clipped to his shirt. Um there were some people already kind of like in position to shoot it and it looks like he was probably setting up some sort of like uh prank show for YouTube or TikTok or something. Um uh, so that takes away from it. So that, to me, gives uh, JMU the advantage in the uh, Battle of the Dukes students uh, crashing to court for this week.
1: We're not saying to do this tomorrow at tomorrow's yeah. game. We're, we're not. not. We're, we're not advocating it at we're all. Not. But when it happens, we are going to give you the breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get the full play-by-play on the Purple
0: Bull podcast of that. And st- I do want to know if the guy got caught, if he, you know— no and I were talking that during the game. You know, maybe maybe he had this all planned out really well. Maybe he had like a change of clothes in a bathroom that he escaped to and came back out undetected. Who knows? Maybe he just left the building, which is probably probably the around. best thing to do <laughs> at that point. Just leave the building and you know, um, hopefully nobody knows exactly who you are, and you can uh, come enjoy some JMU basketball the rest of the season and, and behave yourself. But if anybody knows what happened to the young man, hit either No or I up on Twitter, and we'll. we'll
1: We'll get to the bottom of
0: it. Yeah. Let's switch it over to women's basketball. We don't have a lot of football talk about this week. Well,
1: I do have one talk. Okay. okay. Tomorrow, Saturday, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific at the Rose Bowl. Toddy Touchdowns, Tots and Tail. We'll be playing the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, so there's that. He'll be playing on the same team as – Malik Cunningham, his best friend from Louisville. And Adrian Martinez, the former Nebraska and Kansas State quarterback. So, they're on the national team. We'll see how much he gets, how much run he gets. He didn't really get that much run at Tropical Bowl in preparation for NLPA. So, I think he'll at least get, you know, a quarter or two or maybe a quarter and a half, you know, split up three ways. But, yeah, otherwise, there's that.
0: Yeah, he's making a lot of the uh, promotional stuff for that on social media, stuff like that. Jamie alum Bridget Condon, I think, is on the broadcast there. She took she a picture with Toddy. And, uh, yeah, I th- I I'm, I'm getting the feeling like he'll yeah, get a chance to play in this one, and show what he can do.
1: I think he'll get a good amount of run. I mean, there's only three quarterbacks on the team, so you can split it up pretty evenly and get yeah. you know 20 minutes of, of play. You know, get a three three drives yourself. We'll see what he does, but you know, star-studded lineup there. You know, there's a few all-sunbelt guys there. You know, Stephen Jones Jr. from App State, the corner. You know, he's the one that comes off the top of my head other than Todd, but. You know it's a good good time for Todd to get out there and get in front of a lot of NFL scouts and you know show what he's got and he's also gets to learn from you know a bunch of former NFL players. I think Seneca Wallace is the quarterbacks coach for the, the national team, so he's been learning from him this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, other football news is they um, set a date for spring game. Yep. Uh, I think April twenty second. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And then April 22nd. the
1: first day of practice is March
0: twenty third. Yeah. So we will. We'll. we'll in within you know a little, a little over I guess almost two months we'll start to get a sense of uh, where some of these guys are, uh, what they're doing, what the quarterback battle looks like, and we'll have uh, a lot more to talk about football wise. Uh, this weekend, Saturday, uh, going to be a big recruiting day. Just junior day, yeah. It, I think it looks like a junior day. Dozens of guys coming to campus. Some like really good players are coming to JBU for at least the second time, which I think is probably a good a good uh, sign if yep. you're looking at how the FBS move is going to affect uh, Jamie recruiting, especially at the high school level. So uh, probably have a lot more to talk about with that in the coming weeks, uh, see if any of the these visits uh, turn into anything more significant. Um, but in the meantime, we can switch it over to women's basketball, which um, Saturday or Thursday, somewhat surprisingly – the JMU women's basketball team became the first JMU sports team to lose to Coastal since joining the uh, the Sun Belt. Uh, JMU had been blowing Coastal out in everything. If not blowing them out, shutting them out in a couple of soccer games. Um, they dominated Coastal in, across the board athletically until the, until, until the JMU women's basketball team, which beat Coastal by 21 in Harrisonburg earlier this season. Kind of laid an egg down there um, in Conway on Thursday. Noah and I were both uh, at the Atlantic Union Bank Center, kind of keeping an eye on that one. So I uh, can't speak too, too, uh, I guess, informatively about exactly what happened. Yeah. But I do know they shot the ball. They didn't shoot the ball well, they struggled on offense. Um, even, you know, defensively, you, you looked at the stats as the game was going on, and, you know, both teams are shooting about the same. Jamie's forcing more turnovers. They're getting more rebounds, and you're wondering, why are they losing this game? And, yeah. um, probably just one of those games that happens in conference play, uh, see if they bounce back on Saturday against Georgia State. But not not a good loss when you're trying to uh, secure the the – first place in the conference standings
1: yeah i mean they're still up there i mean they had a one game lead so they're still up there but yeah i mean it's not really what you want to see i mean i think all the the only thing you can hope for is a rebound on saturday against georgia state team you've already beaten so there's that for them
0: yeah i mean we talked a lot about the men's standings there we should talk some about the women because like i said the women uh jimmy women are seven and two in conference play that leaves them tied now with troy and southern miss um the advantage for the Jamie women is they've already beaten Troy and Southern Miss in the only regular season meetings against those teams. Um, Southern Miss has beaten Troy. They'll have to play again. Um, so one of them's going to take another loss. So yeah, you, you do the know. Yeah, at, at least in that regard. Um, I think Jamie's got a little bit of a leg up when you look at the other two teams that are in the mix right now being from the West. Um, but it's not necessarily easy for Jamie here coming up. Uh, with several road games, uh, like I said, going to Georgia State uh, on Saturday, uh, I think a game that they should, you know, be able to win. But you know, they still have to go on the road to Georgia Southern that gave them trouble. They still have to go on the road to ODU. I think a team that you know got potential to do big things. It's not going to be easy to close it out and
1: you know remain on top. It's not, but, you know, I think that's what we saw from women's basketball in this league is it's good. I mean, obviously, it's not just the, you know, men's basketball league where there's a bunch of teams that can win it. I think this women's basketball team does, the league does too. Jamie also obviously got on a hot start, uh, but, you know, they're going to have to try to find a way to rekindle that and get back on another, you know, long winning streak. But I think in the meantime, it's just about winning tomorrow and, you know, right in the ship again.
0: Yeah, I will be interested to get a chance to uh, talk to uh, Sean O'Regan whenever they get back or, you know. Maybe I'll try to give them a call before they get back. But um, they did leave on a Wednesday, I believe, when uh, the weather got kind of bad. I know they ended up stopping to do a shoot-around or practice or something in Richmond, which I don't believe was the original plan. I don't know if the travel like ended up uh, being tough for them. They're going to fly out of – going to take a short flight from Myrtle Beach to Atlanta for the second game. You know, If you're a JMU fan, you're probably hoping they can kind of get their legs under them and uh, get back on track uh, with that you know a little bit easier travel schedule but as we mentioned before it's a road swing they've played a lot of home games on in the course of uh getting that you know early lead in the conference standings we might be about to find out what they're really made of
1: i think we will i think that this will show you right on the road you can win at home they did that they were undefeated away from home though going mm-hmm. into to last night's game that was their first loss that wasn't at the AUBC but you know i think you know Sean Rodriguez said last week they're not afraid to play on the road they they embrace it, they wanna win. So they've got a lot of road games coming up, so we'll see, you know, how they can they can handle it, you know, being back to back weeks on the road.
0: Yeah. Which may be uh why my I personally probably kinda of took that one a little bit for granted that they would, you know, handle um coastal again on the road because they had been so good away from home. They beat a good uh Saint Joe's team on their own court. They, you know, dominated some teams, they pulled out close games at VCU, um and some other places. So, yeah, I, I was expecting them to continue to play well on the road. I don't think it's, you know, panic time or anything for them yet. Um, you know, traditionally, even some really, really good teams have not gone undefeated in conference play in a different conference when Jamie was in the CAA. But a similar caliber conference, and I think you would probably just seen a similar thing, I mean, a couple of years ago. I don't know. I'll have to ask Sean where they stayed. I know a couple of years ago, um, they went to UNC Wilmington and lost a pretty similar game. They dominated the first game. Went to UMC Wilmington, lost on the road to a not that great team, and they stayed on the beach at a hotel. I have to ask him if they did the same thing. You know, in a, the Myrtle Beach area, I doubt it. He said he was never doing that again. But you know, <laughs> this stayed we'll, far, we'll far inland see. as possible. I'll, I'll ask him to see if that if that happened. But uh, no, I think it was just you know maybe maybe tough travel, maybe a tough day as far as shooting goes, and I would expect them to bounce back. But we'll find out for sure on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think we will. I think you know, bounce back is good. They can do it, you know. They they after they lost earlier in the year, they they bounce back. So we'll see them do it.
0: Yeah. Well, unless Noah's got anything else, I think uh can probably just about wrap this one up. A little bit short episode, like I said, didn't have a whole lot going on football wise, other sports, but that's about to change.
1: Ooh, next week as we'll we'll have get
0: update on, uh, we get ready. Yeah. We can have a
1: baseball update. We can have a lacrosse update next week. Yes.
0: You know? uh, getting close to uh you know softball media days coming up, um in a couple weeks, a week or so. Like we yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. We'll about have to start mixing some spring sports into the mix here, the episodes. Yeah, February, March, always busy, busy times around Harrisonburg. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll you know go ahead and wrap this one up. As I said before, I'm Shane Metlin. I've been here with Noah Fleischman. As always, you've been listening to the Purple and Bold podcast from the Daily News Record. Thanks for clicking on us.